This is the Healthcare Insights in Northwest North Carolina podcast brought to you by Northwest Area Health Education Center at Wake Forest School of Medicine. I'm Andrew Brewer, your host, and today's guest is Summer McGee, who is the very new president of Salem College uh, right here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, I'll just say welcome, Summer, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in in Winston-Salem. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me today. Uh, It's my pleasure to have been the president of of Salem uh, since July 1. I I chose to come to to Salem uh, after a a lengthy career um, in the health sciences and health professions, uh, building new academic programs. And uh, at my previous institution, the University of New Haven, I was the founding dean of the School of Health Sciences, where we started 10 new academic programs uh, in in just under three years. So uh, I'm very excited to be here in Winston-Salem and to be guiding Salem College through its transformation focused on health leadership. What have you learned uh, since you've been here about the area and about the people and about Salem? Well, I think one of the things I've been so impressed by is the remarkable uh, healthcare ecosystem that we have here um, in in this city. the incredible amount of, of resources and expertise that I have found. Uh, I think here in, in North Carolina was unknown to me uh, before um, interviewing at Salem and deciding to move here and just seeing the richness of uh, the experience and the expertise uh, and of course the warm hospitality uh, that I have received since I've, I've gotten here. Uh, it's been really wonderful to see the innovation and the energy, uh, particularly in the health sector, but really across Winston-Salem. Uh, that has been one of the things that really drew me to, to coming here and has excited me since I've been here to see how much uh, entrepreneurship and innovation and, and development that is happening um, uh, across the city. Well, we are the city of arts and innovation. And innovation. Indeed, indeed. So uh, coming here, I, I noticed that Salem had started a strategic uh, planning initiative and um, you know, the previous one created this uh, focus on STEM or STEAM uh, uh, programs, and now it seems like the shift is focusing, or the focus is shifting to health sciences and things like that. So tell, tell us about how that process is going, how it, how, how um, you know, where it was when you got here and how you've uh, shepherded that since you've been here and, and, and where all those programs are headed. Yeah, so really this whole uh, vision started about almost four years ago now, Uh, the college really realizing that um, to be a successful and thriving liberal arts college that you have to find a niche. Uh, You can no longer be everything to everyone. And so our board of trustees decided that the college was going to focus on health leadership. And more recently, um, our academy, which is ninth through 12th grade, all girls is focusing more broadly on steam, um, all aspects of science, uh, as well as the arts. And so um, as that vision uh, began to materialize uh, was right around the time that Salem received the largest uh, donation in its history, a $5 million um, anonymous gift to help the college realize its vision. Uh, and then I arrived uh, this summer. And so since I have arrived, we've really tried to put the meat on the bones of what it means to train um, aspiring women leaders in health. 
um, the competencies and the skills that they would uh, develop while they're with us uh, and the future careers that they would go into. And so we've been defining health very broadly, everything from public health to the pharmaceutical industry, um, looking at uh, preparing people for careers in health law and journalism, medicine, of course, uh, but really thinking about as a primarily undergraduate liberal arts institution, how do we prepare young women for successful careers in health, those competencies and the knowledge that they need to thrive uh, in their career throughout um, their, their time um, working in and around the health sector. So that's really what we're doing. Um, we put together um, new academic programs, but are also looking at some cross-cutting um, uh, themes and courses that every student at Salem will have an opportunity to take to really learn about some core things like social determinants of health and health equity um, and how to manage a really dynamic changing uh, world, uh, which we certainly have seen in healthcare in the last few years. Well, how does that, uh, what does that look like on the ground now? I mean, as, as you see your vision and I mean, I'm assuming you have a vision of being here at Salem for, for several years, decades, perhaps. Um, what does that look like as far as infrastructure, faculty, you know, and, and I mean, just all the physical and uh, other aspects of that and, and how do you see that playing out over the next few years? Yeah, I think I think the first uh, step is certainly uh, recruiting and hiring some top notch faculty that are going to help us build those programs and create those experiences for our students. Uh, we're also looking at health across all aspects on our campus. So that includes looking at um, the environments our students are living in, looking at mental health resources, really enhancing um, the entire experience. So we're focusing a lot on wellness um, and really making sure that students have the fundamentals that they they need in order to be successful um, in their careers and their their leadership journey. And so um, there is no aspect of Salem College that will not be touched by our health leadership transformation, whether that's food in the dining hall uh, or our residence halls uh, and certainly our classrooms and learning spaces, um, really doing a lot of visioning about how to embody health in everything that we do um, and creating those leadership development opportunities um, across our campus. So those are some of the more practical things that we're doing right now to really look at um, how do we transform uh, our residence halls uh, to have them be environments focused on wellness as well as leadership development um, for our students that live with us for four years at Salem. So it's really exciting. I think it's a very innovative model um, to have every single student that comes to Salem, regardless of major, um, really build on those leadership skills and fundamentals and understanding some of those core aspects about health and wellness that are so important for everyone. Well, I appreciate that. And and as you were talking, you know, and, and I read that you had led the uh, University of uh, New Haven's COVID-19 response and health leadership, and you mentioned wellness a few times in there. And, and you know, what I found was missing from the national discourse on during the pandemic was wellness. There was no mention of wellness. It was all stay home, wash your hands, you know, you know, keep your distance, wear a mask, and go get a shot, and and you'll be fine if you do all those things. But there was a very little leadership, sadly, a big lack of leadership in wellness. So, what 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 do you have to say about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that assessment. I think that uh, as we look at now being two years into this pandemic, seeing some of the impacts that it has had uh, on people's mental health, uh, on their physical health, um, you know, the fact that we weren't moving around, uh, going outside, we weren't um, interacting with people in the same way. Our social interactions were so curtailed um, and that's gonna have a, a long-term resonance, right? And so when we think about that, for college students who maybe have spent the last two years of their lives uh, largely remote, being at home, not with friends, not being able to have those core experiences, and now they're gonna go off to college. Um, how prepared are they and how can we help them get even more prepared to be successful um, in all those social and spiritual and psychological things that they need um, to really be prepared for academic success and ultimately career success. And so that's something I think um, lots of college campuses are, are dealing with, but I think because of our health leadership focus, we're even more focused on that and really making sure um, that we provide everything we can to our students to be successful. Well, good. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the things I like to see included, and I know it is, is just, it seems to have taken kind of a back seat, but I think it should be placed back on the forefront is ethics and ethics in healthcare is even is a great need. I mean, every that's in, in the AHEC where, where I am, it's one of the biggest uh, topics that people reference when they say, Hey, what future topics should we be covering? And everyone says ethics. And I, I, I think that there was a big hole in the ethical uh, realm during this pandemic, too, because we've seen a lot of our public health so-called officials and leaders fail in that regard. You know, we, the noble lie or, oh, well, we had to, like, massage the message based on what we wanted you to do versus what the facts were. Um, you know, we've seen the disappearance of, of certain people who were prominent every day and now cannot be found. Um, we saw the CDC leader talk about getting her information from CNN um, and just hedging in that. So talk a little bit about ethics and how that plays a role in, in, in your vision of the new program. Yeah, well, so I, I am also, in addition to being a public health um, PhD, uh, I'm a bioethicist by training. So this is certainly my sweet spot. Um, uh, I, I couldn't agree more that it is really vital, um, particularly in times of, of, of crisis, like the ones we've just lived through, um, that people be guided by some, some ethical principles and, and that we really stay true to that. And so that's something we're really focusing on as well at Salem. Um, and actually, not just because their new president is a bioethicist, but actually for the last two years, we've been developing an ethics across the curriculum and across the disciplines program. And so our students are going to be incredibly focused on getting prepared um, to be um, good ethical reasoners, um, uh, to have those critical thinking skills, because it is sadly missing. Um, you know, I think that we really need to have much more dialogue about um, not only, you know, trust and transparency in public health, but also um, about us really thinking about some of the really critical health disparities that we see and that we're not viewing those um, through an ethical lens to really say that these are wrongs and harms that should be addressed. And our policies and our decisions are, are the reasons why those things continue to persist. And so um, I think there's a lot of ethical dialogue um, that needs to be had um, 
Uh, it's why I was always so interested in public health ethics um, in my doctoral program, because um, when you're talking about making decisions on a population level, it is um, even trickier than when you're talking about those interactions one on one physician to provider, because you've got to meet the needs and the expectations of uh, tens of thousands or millions. Um, and, but that makes the requirements for transparency and trust that much higher as well. So I, I think it's something we really should spend more time talking about. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that's that's one thing I've noticed is the erosion of trust and, you know, people who were propped up as as the saints and the leaders um, have how quickly they fall um, when they, you know, when the truth comes out that we know that the truth wasn't first and foremost. And I think that's just so important that the truth prevail no matter what the facts and figures say. I mean, we just have to be honest with ourselves. And especially when you're dealing with public health and populations and groups, there's always a danger of, you know, we, we have this wonderful, uh, wonderful advances in healthcare technology where we're getting personalized me medicine down to the individual genome. You know, what does your DNA say about what your genes express and how does certain medications and diets and, and behaviors affect that? And, and on the other side of that is public health where we group people by you know, demographics or immutable characteristics and things like that. And then we assign sort of uh, prescriptive measures on that, which I think is, is can be very dangerous. So um, any comments about anything I just said? I don't really have a question there, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, you know, um, you know, the, the two-sided coin of, of all of these advances and, and developments is, is thinking about a couple of things. Um, who can access them? Who's going to benefit? From those kinds of developments uh, and and advances in medicine and, and and science and and also thinking about not every advancement um, or innovation that we develop necessarily should be brought to market, right? Unless you've thought through some of those other considerations. And so I think that that is something uh, that we see all the time. That the the flip side of some of these advances, whether it be in personalized medicine or um, new kinds of uh, it, in interventions aren't always thought through um, all the way in terms of who they impact and who's left out of those dialogues. Um, and so that's something that we really have to um, do a better job of. And it's it's been a problem uh, for decades. Uh, and ethicists like me have been grappling with those questions for a long time. But it's sometimes really hard to get the ears of the decision makers and the regulators to think about those things before um, new therapies or, or products are brought to market. And so as a result, we, we feel the impact of those decisions afterward instead of really thinking them through in the first place. Yeah, it's that we can, but but should we kind right. of thing? Yeah. Um, so as you know, I, I look at Salem because I, I, I worked at Salem College back in the early 2000s. Um, so I'm familiar how it was back then and, and was actually my office was in the science building. So I became friends with a lot of the professors there and and the, you know as pa they were so passionate um probably still are about the hard sciences and i just love that a liberal arts school a small little art, liberal arts school in a ancient campus <laughs> is is focused on uh you know health and health care and health care leadership and public health and all that um tell tell me a little bit about how those you know what your new programs are and and, and what you see the future and also 
how how integrated are the hard sciences within those curriculums? I mean, you mentioned ethics as well, but the, the, what 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 uh, I'm looking for is um, public health officials who know how to communicate and communicate with eth ethically and with the truth and be able to understand the nuances of hard science and not just follow the TM science, um, but science is a continuum and science gives us facts, but not necessarily the truth. And how do we communicate that in terms of policy and things like that? Yeah, well, I think that's one of the reasons um, that Salem's approach is going to be so successful and why it is so unique um, as a liberal arts college with very strong programs um, in the, the life sciences, in the humanities, in the social sciences to earn something like a public health degree, for example, in that kind of environment, instead of a, maybe a more applied environment, means you're really going to get um, the fundamentals of the science, the fundamentals of uh, understanding policy, and, and also those ethical decisions. And that's where I think the approach that Salem is taking to ensure across all programs that students really get some of those fundamentals um, and the skills around communication, teamwork, resiliency, um, understanding yourself as a leader. Those are going to be some of the core aspects of what Salem College delivers on while you're also getting um, the really solid fundamentals of the life sciences or the humanities, depending on which major you choose. And so um, I think to have more public health uh, officials that are, are truly well-rounded, that really can think through and grapple with the complexity of the issues that we deal with in public health, um, I really think that's going to set this next generation of aspiring public health leaders up for success. Great, great. And, and I'm going down to more of a microcosmic level here is, you know, on campus um, and you mentioned wellness a few times and, and, you know, aside from, you know, mental wellness and mental health, let's talk about physical health. How is, is there a plan or do you have a vision of how you integrate pure physical wellness throughout you mentioned throughout you know just integrating it through the the refectory and the and, and the dorms and the campus and and all that and and where i come from i went to nc state and as a freshman everyone was required to take pe 101 which meant getting up early and dressing out and doing things you didn't want to do that were hard and and challenging and but also uh, built some character, and um, I think I don't even know what the status of that there at NC State is. Um, but I think we've moved away from really uh, creating environments and situations where people have to test themselves and their resilience and their grit, and maybe even break down a few times to figure out what they're really made of. I mean, is that something you envision happening at Salem too? And 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 maybe talk a little bit about athletics and intramurals and and, and you know the wellness facilities there on campus. And it, that's a big question, I know, but take yeah, it away. Yeah, no, it, it's a great question. You know, actually, we just uh, sort of recommitted to our phys ed requirement at Salem because of our health leadership focus, and so all of our students are required to come to take at least one physical education course. And so um, I think I think that's incredibly important. Um, athletics is a major part of our strategic plan. Um, I was a student athlete and I firmly believe uh, that athletics is one of the best leadership development opportunities that are out there. The ability to be part of a team uh, lead, but also be part of a, of a group 
uh, is really important for your professional development and maturity and, and growth. And so um, athletics will continue to be a really big part of, of what we do here at Salem as well, uh, and really enhancing some of our facilities. Um, we are we're looking to expand our recreation center and our recreation offerings, all because it's all of those pieces of your, your individual um, wellness. Um, the physical is, is such a big part of it. Uh, so we're, we're definitely committed to that as well. That's great. I mean, I, you know, all these terms run through my head when I think about that. And, you know, we can talk about leadership in terms of, you know, books and, and, and exposure to literature and, and different viewpoints and, and the diversity of thought and, and backgrounds. But I, I really do think, you know, in athletics, whether it's, you know, intramurals or, or um, intercollegiate, um, that that's where true leadership can be uh, cultivated and trust, respect, um, competition, cooperation, sportsmanship, all those things is really do play into leadership. And I think, I think that's great. I love hearing your focus on and your excitement about adding that. And as a student athlete, I'm sure, you know, um, that feeling you get when you're, you know, you're playing a role, but you're also, uh, individually reaching deep and, and figuring out what you're made of and, and, and bringing it to a common goal. And I just think that's so huge for leadership. So I appreciate that. Um, tell us a little bit about, you have a health, uh, uh, health forum summit. Uh, let me get the health leadership forum coming up on April 21st of this year. Um, and it's an inaugural health leadership forum. So, um, I know you're excited about this. Can you know, go into some detail about, about that and what you hope to uh, get out of it. Yeah, so this is a day long conference uh, that we have started as a part of our 250th anniversary celebration uh, this year, but we do intend for it to continue um, in future years. And uh, the way we've designed the forum is that it is really uh, like fireside chats or small panels um, of women health leaders across a range of sectors across uh, health and healthcare, um, and we are bringing them together to have conversation, uh, to meet with our students and to talk about um, the challenges of being a, a woman leader um, in today's uh, health ecosystem, and to talk about uh, some of the exciting opportunities uh, and leadership opportunities that lie ahead um, for our students. And, and so this is an event that's open to the public. It's open to um, all of our uh, alums, uh, students, and community members, uh, and I'm very excited that the keynote speaker um, is a, a colleague and friend of mine, Pratheba Barkey, who is the president of Mayo Clinic Health System, uh, who will be coming and sharing her personal leadership journey as well. So um, there's going to be a lot going on that day. It starts at 10 a.m. and goes through 6.30 p.m. Uh, that evening, uh, and I think will be a fantastic opportunity to see the real diversity of careers and leadership styles and opportunities that we have um, across uh, the health sector. That's great. And so how, how can people in the general public be a part of that? Yeah, so um, if you go to our, our website, um, uh, rise.salem.edu, you can register uh, for that conference uh, and join us for, for the entire day or just a part of the day. Um, it is free and, and open to the public. We are opening our doors um, to really have the opportunity to talk more about how Salem is approaching its health leadership transformation um, and to also see some of the incredible experts that have graduated from Salem uh, in the past few decades 
Queens, uh, who will be moderating those panels as well. So um, you can find us uh, on the web uh, at Salem.edu, um, and we would love for as many people as possible to register and join us for the day. So 250 years, that's got to that's gotta have some uh, significance for you as as being the next president or the current president for for some time i mean how does that feel to you yeah it, it's an incredibly exciting year um the fact that we are the oldest educational institution for women and girls in the united states uh that we are older than the united states and the oldest continuously operating educational institution in the state of North Carolina, it, it's just incredible. It's really uh, phenomenal to see the things that Salem has persevered through uh, and how generation after generation of, of young people have come to Salem uh, to transform their lives. And so I, I'm very honored to be part of that legacy and to have arrived in this incredibly momentous year to take part in all the things that Salem has to celebrate. It's been wonderful so far. All right. So since you've been in Winston-Salem, what's the, uh, you know, I got to ask you a couple of questions. Favorite restaurant, favorite place to hang out, favorite uh, surprise, uh, hidden gem. Let's start with those three. Oh, those are those are great ones. Um, I think my my favorite restaurant is probably Moselle's, uh, although it's so hard to get a table. I haven't been there in a while, uh, but uh, I love I love going there. Um, I think that uh, probably favorite place to hang out is at Reboot uh, downtown. I'm a pinball player, and so that is uh, incredibly fun. Uh, and I think really the the hidden gem for, for me is uh, all of the public art uh, in, in the arts district, just being able to walk around and, and see all the incredible art that's on display, um, you know, being able to walk liberty and trade and just take it all in. Um, whenever I have a chance, that's one of my favorite things to do. I'm an avid walker, so I always love to be on foot and, and take all those sights in. So those are some of my favorites so far. And then in North Carolina in general, what what uh, what thing, activity, or place um, is on your bucket list to 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 do? So on on my bucket list is to spend some time at the beach. I've been trying to crowdsource everyone's favorite beach, so this summer we can sneak away and take advantage of of that. Probably the favorite place I've I've visited so far uh, would be Asheville. Uh, have have had some great experiences there, but I'm looking forward to. Uh, going east and uh, and checking out some of the beaches this summer. Yeah, we have no shortage of beaches here in North Carolina. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about summer. Um, what was your sport? And then tell us about your family life. Um, kids, no kids, uh, hobbies, things like that. Let's 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 humanize you for a minute. Yeah. So I I was an avid uh, softball and volleyball player um, throughout high school, um, and ultimately gave up volleyball to focus on softball and play year round. Which in Indiana, which is where I grow up, is no small feat. There was a lot of indoor uh, winter ball that I. I played uh, and then actually had the opportunity uh, to play Division One um, as a walk-on and passed on it so I could focus on my academics. I had been a student athlete since I was seven and decided uh, not to do that um, and and uh, gave up playing uh, competitively uh, softball um, and so did not play in college. Uh, but I did uh, have, have continued to be really um, dedicated um, to athletics, and I'm excited to participate in all the athletics at Salem. Um, came with me to Winston-Salem as my spouse, uh, Glenn McGee, um, who is also an academic and is now the Dean of Admission 
here at Salem. And, uh, and I have three grown stepsons, uh, ages 27 through 19. So uh, they are all off doing their things. So Glenn and I are a bit of empty nesters here in Winston-Salem, just our cat uh, and us, which has, which has been, been fun. But uh, they really loved the time that they visited in Winston-Salem. I think that um, our kids have had, had a great time riding the scooters downtown and uh, going out for pizza and all of that. So it's been, it's been a great, great transition so far great okay one last question what uh if you have one wish for for salem college during your time there what what is that wish um i would love to see our student body explode in size and to have uh our students come Every single one of our students come with a, a passion and enthusiasm uh, for making the world a better place and, and making it a healthier uh, and stronger place to live wherever that is, whether that's here in North Carolina or around the globe. And so um, I really hope that we are going to see uh, this transformation pay off and, and to grow our student body and to have a vibrant uh, an expanding group of, of, of young leaders that are really passionate about making the world better. Very well said. One more plug for the Health Leadership Forum. Yep. Join us April 21st uh, from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Um, you can sign up at rise.salem.edu. Uh, lots of speakers. Uh, everything's free and open to the public and to hear about a uh, wide range of opportunities across the health professions and the health sector. We'd love to have you join us. Fantastic. Summer McGee, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you.